Welcome back. You're listening to another episode of The Todd Donald Show, a weekly podcast where artists and performers go to chat about nothing. Hosted by Canadian singer-songwriter Todd Donald. I hope you had a good weekend, raptors and such. Um, Something else even more special in my eyes finally happened. Our friend Camille Douglas finally changed her last name to Douglas. Sealed it with a kiss, bound it with a ring. The Beyonce songs really work. Uh, Her handsome husband John I finally got to meet. As well as Kay and Marley from the Babes and Budley bondage episode. Let's not forget the food. Of course, that's coming from an idiot guy summary of a wedding. But whatever, I'm stuffing my happiness anyway into the podcast intro. So let me continue and I'll save the rest of my compliments on the decor and such for a private conversation between my friend and I later on. It's Monday, June 17th. Yowza. What you're about to listen to was recorded on the morning of May 23rd. It's gold. I've been sitting on it for way too long, and I'm glad you waited. By the way, hello to anyone coming over, I hope, in parentheses, via Amanda Muse's mentions or plugs of this, which I'm assuming at this point will be done. I don't volunteer promise things from people. Uh, but May 23rd, chatting with the Amanda Muse, there was a mix of it being a work day, me being underslept, a bit nervous, the chapping over Skype that resulted in what I think might have been an unpleasant experience for my guests to listen and respond to me. But uh, So a lot of the heavy lifting in the conversation ended up being in the hands of the very capable and very professional Amanda Muse. If you didn't already know Amanda Muse, whom you can Google and find out is on FamousBirthdays.com, as well as her very successful YouTube channel and semi-new podcast, The Sandwich. Talking about mom stuff, life stuff, everyday, extraordinary life stuff. She's a very personable and charming public figure that addresses everyone paying attention as the only person she's talking to. And we talk about that, uh, well, being the only person chatting with her that day during that hour or two, she was nice enough to indulge me in a further shop talk after we stopped recording. So that was nice. I can't educate you enough or say enough nice things. Um, the rest of that job is yours. But please enjoy my opportunity seized to have coffee with the gorgeous and amazing Amanda Muse. Do you find that with recording the podcast or doing the videos, when you think psychologically, nerves, the body and everything, does it take a lot out of you? Yeah, absolutely. Like, I still get nerves like if I'm speaking at a conference or I'm speaking in front of people or I'm on set doing something more like traditional media where I'm on like a morning show or something yeah I get like full body shakes like I'm just vibrating however I think that that's super important like my grandfather my late grandfather was a university professor and he would speak in front of people all the time and my dad told me a story that one time he asked him like do you still get nervous And my grandfather was like, yeah, you have to get just like a little nervous every time because it just shows that you want to do a good job. Like you have, you want to do well. So it's like, you're not perfect. Um, that said, what I find takes it out of me is if I'm interviewing someone that's not super comfortable, um, or isn't like wanting to elaborate and it's like, I just have to pull every word, like I can do it, but then I feel like I need a blood transfusion afterwards. So it's, It can be hard. So I've learned to try to interview people that are in the space doing the thing. If they have experience writing a blog or 
crafting an Instagram post, you know, like something that allows them to understand the industry a little, I find yeah. a lot easier. A lot of my guests, I think subconsciously by that methodology are podcasters and people who make stuff completely agree with what you're saying. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Where is this showing up for you? Yeah, I can see it, yeah. <laughs> so I have the hot brew, and then for my secondary will be the cold brew. Nice, nice. Fully caffeinated. You got to stay hydrated, right? This is California. Yeah. So I have water, <laughs> too. That's awesome. Tell me about your coffee experience. I've never asked somebody this before, but how how is getting out of bed for you? From the moment that the alarm's going off, what's your reaction to that emotionally? I am not a morning person. I keep saying when I grow up, I'm going to become one. It's just yeah. not going to happen. So I have read some articles that say that like, you're either a morning person or a night person. And mm. I, I'm, a I'm not a morning person. My kids are not morning people. Like I have to physically wake them up. I've never been that parent that's like, oh, my kids are up at 5 a.m. Like, no. So the alarm goes off. I do have one of those, um, what are they called? Like a sun clock or something, you know? So it wakes you up very gradually with with light. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's like a gradual, it's not this harsh, you know, and there's some birds chirping or something on the sound. So that's my morning wake up. And then I walk straight to the coffee machine. And if I was yeah. smart the night before, I would have programmed it to have the coffee ready. Otherwise <laughs> I make myself a cup and then I wake my people up. So I like to have the coffee first, no speaking, just coffee and start slow. Yeah. I used to dream about the Rick Moranis machines that would just be, you know, when the alarm goes off an egg cracks and then that weighs it down on a scale that pops this, but I'm sure, you know, Google will find some way to allow us to not have to um, have limbs anymore. We'll just right? Alexa will just start making us like espressos. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I said this on another podcast. Is it going to be like Wally? <laughs> <laughs> Too soon. <laughs> but you know, everybody Google home. Zit. That was, that was my ad read. <laughs> <laughs> the horrors of Wally. But by the way, Google home. Yeah. Get one. <laughs> yeah. How do you, how do you take your coffee? I am a bit of a coffee connoisseur. Like I, I have tried all the different ways. You know, we've used Chemex, which I enjoy, but I find it's like a little too much work. I love a good French press. But lately, I just think with the busyness of life and having little kids, I just love a good coffee machine that's like, you know, the filter drip thing. Filter um, drip, yeah. Yeah, just like regular coffee. I actually prefer my coffee at home because I can gauge like the intensity of it. I don't like it too weak. I don't like it too strong. Yeah. Um, and recently I've discovered, it's going to sound so bougie, but it's um, this almond, no, silk almond for coffee. And it's like, this, it's like an almond creamer thing. And mm. I like drink regular milk. So I don't even know how I got onto this, but it's the perfect sweetness. And I just put a little bit in there um, and I get like the right color. And that's yeah. my coffee. My girlfriend likes almond milk, but I, you know, it's not bad, but I think the stuff that she gets might be like a little too sweet. It is a little sweet. My husband's like, I'm not sure about that, but I, I love it. It's just like the perf. So then I don't have to add sugar. So I feel a little bit better about that, even though it's already right. in it. We have some damn fine local roasteries. I find that like the beans that are roasted with that hipster care that I love, mm. they're usually dusty and brown roasted with all kinds of flavor notes. I don't use a scale, but I use like a eyeball teaspoon measurement. Yeah, yeah, when yeah. I, I, and that, so I'll grind them at home. Best way to make it fresh, as you know. Oh, yeah. And I got to sit down. That's so Like, you know that Soup Nazi episode of Seinfeld where it's like so good, I got to sit down. Oh, 
Well, uh, I don't know. You probably didn't know this, but so my husband being a pilot, like when we lived in Malaysia, he would fly to Sumatra and he would get like beans from Sumatra. And actually there's this really weird one. I can't remember what it's called right now, but it's the ones where, I mean, this is very creepy, but there are these little animals that eat the cherries from the tree and then they like poop them out. It's super weird. <laughs> Have you heard about this? And no. then you I take mean, that, those that is- beans- and it's like the pooped out something. It's super strange. And obviously they clean them up. And it is and was the most delicious coffee I've ever had in my life. And it was like super crazy expensive. Like I can't remember the price of it. I mean, I, I'm a little bit obsessed with coffee. So this is totally on brand here. But I've listened to podcasts about coffee and like the crazy stuff. The, the, the amount of like the most expensive coffee cup and things like right. that. But it was very, like you said, you don't need the sugar. You don't need the milk. It's just that good. Was media something that you were educated in or working with before moving to Malaysia and starting at the channel? No, not at all. I have had many jobs, all in different kind of areas. The last job I had before I moved abroad was I was actually uh, managing an administrative team for an insurance company out of Vancouver across Canada. Um, I, being from Montreal, I speak French, so I was able to like navigate right. that space. Um, but no, nothing in the media space. It was really, I just started consuming YouTube content. And right. this would have been like 20... 10-ish, 2011, I was pregnant with my first child sitting in Malaysia watching all this YouTube and I was like, hold on, this is a thing. Um, So I I did teach myself how to edit, how to do all of the things that are required to create content. So it was a steep learning curve, but kind of fun and and amazing that you can teach yourself. Oh yeah. I mean, I started off with being a musician, so I I learned how to use software that way. Mm -hmm. But it's Mm -hmm. funny how easy a lot of software makes it for someone who wants to try it and do it and learn it. You're mentioning an era in time in which, I mean, yeah, YouTube channeling and having yourself be a brand was still pretty new back then. Like when I started, it was like 2008, mind you, I didn't get good until a few years ago, in my opinion, right? The low, mm-hmm. the low mm-hmm. self-talk. Mm-hmm. Like if you wanted to make an audience, you had to hope for a while and i'm sure mm-hmm. i'm sure you did like you've said in in any of you that you just had to keep doing it until you found your audience like how long did it take mm, my goodness that's a good question i feel like i remember like the looking at subscribers and seeing that like 35 subscribers on youtube and being like oh my god like i am doing this you know and it wasn't <laughs> just time. my mom and it, yeah i was like woo you know i don't really remember it was such um cuz even at the time like you were saying uh, being a brand that was not a conversation people were having then. Like you could see that there was this opportunity. And I felt like I'm currently reading the book outliers by Malcolm Gladwell. And it's, if you haven't read it, it's really fascinating. Have you, have you checked it out? Have you heard of this one? No. No. Okay. I haven't, honestly, I haven't read a book in like seven years parenting, but um, this book is just, it's very interesting. It talks about success and like how, how is a person successful? Is it something that's innately in you or was it, you know, environmental? Was it a, did you see an opportunity and like jump on it? And I kind of feel like there's something about being a content creator where it was the right time. And I saw this opportunity and I was like, hold on, I'm a total extrovert. I could totally pick up a camera right. and kind of see, see where this is going to go. Um, but 
when I really started to look at it like this could be a job, uh, I was actually just having this conversation last night. There's an OG uh, YouTuber named Shay Carl. I remember he had started a company that was sort of managing content creators on, on YouTube and then sold it to Disney. And I was like, what is happening? Like right. there is something big. And if Disney is recognizing that YouTube is a space to be, we're going to make it a space to be. So this, I'd already been doing it as like a hobby thing. And yeah. then I was like, wait, you know, I'm starting to get emails from brands and I'm starting to see this happening, but it did take, you know, it, it wasn't uh, something that was generating income until like four years in. So it took some time before right. it was like a thing, but thank goodness, you know, when you, when you, when you enjoy something so much and you can have a hobby that eventually turns into a job, like you have to have the passion for it. Mm. Otherwise I wouldn't have held out for so long, you know, right. like it was, especially cause you don't make income on everything you do. So you have to love it because it's not like every little thing is a moneymaker mm-hmm. and it, it would lose its joy for me because it, it is such an interesting type of platform to create on. There has to be, and I don't know what they are, but there has to be maybe at one point an unwritten rule book like you have to be putting out a certain amount to retain an audience's attention or focus or whatever. And I don't un- even understand that, nor am I in that sphere, right? I, mm-hmm. I, I do what I do and I'm following my bliss. At any moment, I could really want this to be the main thing that I do for income, mm-hmm. for everything. Mm-hmm. And I would have to be playing by those rules. Well, how do you feel about that? And what rules are you aware of that started off as an unnatural pull at you? Mm. When I started YouTube, you didn't have to show up every Monday, Wednesday, Friday. It didn't right. work like that. You basically put out a video when you had one. Glory so, days. Sorry. Glo- yeah. Glory days. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. You were like, I did a video. I'm going to yeah. put it up. And it didn't matter what time. Nothing, none of that stuff mattered. Yeah. It was really like you just showed up. Then a lot of this strategy started to come into play a couple of years in. And it was like, oh, I got to... I got to make some changes. I was a little bit slower to adapt those changes because quite frankly, I had two kids that were tiny, tiny. Like I was, I mean, I have vivid memories of having a baby in a baby carrier bouncing on an exercise ball, editing my videos to like one in the morning. Like it right. was insane, but it kept me sane during a very challenging season of life. And so when that started to shift, like at this point in time, I'm aware of all of the things that are required to like put this together. And I do agree there is an importance to strategy mm-hmm. because as a as a watcher, you know, as a content consumer, I want to know that you value my time, that you're going to show up every Wednesday. So there's that like, do you care that I'm watching? You know, like, are you... So there's that element that I'm aware of for my audience. Like, I'm going to show up because I told you I would. However... I don't take it so far as to cause myself extreme burnout or to lose the heart of what I'm doing. Um, I have this conversation I have like offline, but also online that yes, have strategy, be smart, be smart about your business, um, but also have heart because that is probably what's pulled people in and I'm not a robot. So like, for example, even today as we're, you know, doing this interview, um, I'm supposed to have a YouTube video out and I don't. And it's like, you know what? I've been sick this week. C'est la vie. So I'm going to do a live video. So I'll show up and do like a live conversation with my, with my audience so that they're like, you're still there. You're still doing it. But yeah, I think that the rules are cool, but they can be bent and they can be you know, modified to what makes sense for you and your life. Cause that is the beauty of what we're doing. You know, right? you're your own boss, like make the rules. And I like what you said in um, the holistic parenting interview 
I, I'm asking you questions. I'm just firing That's them cool. off at you. But don't go f- for it. Uh, I noticed you said something about how you're a natural adapter. So mm. at any point, your major or your your major focus and what you're doing might evolve into something else or change into something else. Now, so far, what you're doing, the Sandwich Podcast, Amanda Mew's YouTube channel, and the blog, Instagram, everything. Mm-hmm. Have you made it up the steps to the plateau that you want where basically what you're doing is you're continuing to spin the wheel or are you still trying to reach the wheel? If mm. that makes any sense. I love that question because it's kind of like what happens when you reach your goal and you're just like, uh, what now? You know what I mean? Do you right. just sit there and enjoy it? Which I think is important. Like I think I never really had um, like a, a, a number of subscribers that I wanted to hit. However, I did have a goal in mind that I wanted to be a fully um, contributing partner in my family financially. So that's been a very important goal of mine. I've always been very independent financially. However, when I moved abroad, I was uh, literally dependent on my visa. And I was like, oh, it hurt my feelings, you know, to like, I was like, I am not just a baby making machine. So that was hard for me. So when I came back, no, No. so when I came back, I was like, I mean, they're cute, but like, I'm good too. Um, But I came back and I, I started to be like, oh wait, this isn't just an, this isn't just like a hobby. It was, I think one of the first gigs I got was really exciting. It was like Wendy's and I had a camera crew in my backyard and I was like, is this real life? Like pinching myself, you know, like it was, it was so surreal. So when that happened, I was like, well, I need more of this to happen. So I'm just going to keep on trucking and keep on trucking. And then, you know, like two years in, I was like, okay, this is good. Um, I've got consistent income. However, I am feeling a little bit like I need more because I am a creative person and I have that creativity in me. I was like, I need, I love reaching people. I love connecting with people and speaking about the adaption, you know, and adapting to things. I realized, well, people are starting to consume podcasts in a different way and just Mm -hmm. they're doing more like you can podcast and drive or podcast and wash your dishes. And so I was like, well, my whole brand is actually conversation. How can I try this? And that was, I mean, being a podcaster, you know, like it's a, it's a thing from when you decide you want to start to when you get your first episode out. That's a little bit of a learning curve. And I was a little overwhelmed, but I thought I'm going to try it. So I did it. I learned it all myself and figured it out. Um, so that was a new extension. And so I've enjoyed adding different layers to what I'm doing. And right now I'm currently working on other projects that I, I don't really share too much publicly about, but. But you will hear. I'm, <laughs> yeah, <fine>. I'm <laughs> Dropping news. Ladies and gentlemen. But um, I think it's. I think it's important to constantly challenge yourself and enjoy those moments that you're like, yeah, this is great. I love this. But then what more could I be doing? What more could I be changing? Because I think people are just always going to want something fresh. And how can you stay current and enjoy yourself? The audience that you might have curated by now or any audience has different demands of people because mm. you're aware of what you want to do that's good to be aware of i'm making this too long i, I okay. might find ad- maybe fun advantages to not knowing because maybe some days i'm a pressure player maybe not i'm going down a rabbit hole of thought here sorry let me come hey. back to you yeah <laughs> the audience are they in any way in your conscious thought are they making any of the rules absolutely yeah if not all of them because if they're not there, 
who am I speaking to? Right? Like it's- Well, yeah. And so with that in mind, but I hear what you're saying, because it's kind of like, how much is it me just kind of steering the ship versus them leading me? Um, It's like, for example, when I do anything that's sponsored, where anything that's income generating, it is so much top of mind for me to ensure that my voice is not lost in the shuffle, that it really is a meeting in the middle. Because if my audience senses that I've left the building, they too will leave the building, you know? And it's so how I create content, how I kind of figure out where I want to go is very much like, what am I hearing from people? Like I'm very much an active listener and participant in my comments. And it's like, what do you guys want to see? You know? And and I just start noticing that like, I'm getting a lot of, well, I'd love to meet you in real life or I'd love to do this. Or like, I think we'd be friends. And I mean, sure. People get those comments, but it's kind of like, well, maybe there's something there. Maybe there's something like this audience that I have, this age group that I'm speaking to, do we need more? Like, are we more than just a mom? Are we more than just a worker bee? Like, do we want to go on adventures, have retreats, have meetups? Like, so there's always this like conversation of like, what, what do you want to talk about? Do you want to talk about really heavy, hot subject matters that's happening in the world? Or do you just want to watch me declutter? Like, where are we, you know? And so I think it's always like checking in. So it's very important. That said though, when you were speaking about like the negativity that can come from people on the internet. I think there is something to be said about having a more mature audience. It's like, they appreciate that I'm a human, most of them, that I'm not a robot, that I'm not just like pumping out content. So yeah. even today, if I don't put a video out, no one's going to fall apart. You know, like it's, they know Amanda's been under the weather. We'll see her on Monday. Like not a big deal. Um, yeah. Hold that thought. I think that's one of the problems. The reason I'm a fan of yours is because of the reasons that I mentioned earlier, but because you're an example of what can happen. I don't want to misuse the word success wise when someone is being genuine the way you Mm. do. So many people get lost on here's what the rules are. Here's the audience I want. They are that robot and and they don't get to be themselves because Mm -hmm. for whatever reason, but you feel the pressure, you feel the pressure to perform just yesterday, a wonderful Instagram woman that I've been following for a short time, just put up a post that she's done and is like, what? Like Mm -hmm. she literally just exploded like viral content, I mean, is growing rapidly um, of which I've never been that type of creator that's had this like viral success. Mm -hmm. So I was looking at this going, oh my God, you're at the peak, man. But what happens just like you said, is they want and expect a certain type of content every day. And maybe that type of content is coming from a very difficult place in that creator or is very vulnerable or... And it's too much to output that level of vulnerability all the time. And it's difficult. The strategy with that, though, is that, yeah, there is the opportunity for crazy success. Like, you can go viral. You can do that. But for me, I'm just like, you know what? I would prefer to be the little engine that just keeps going, you know, and is like, just keeps ticking along. And I do my thing. And it's worked for me. But it doesn't work for everybody. Because if everybody was doing what I'm doing, then there wouldn't be a place for me. You know what I mean? So it's... It's definitely interesting, though, to like have that kind of discussion with myself where I'm like, I know that if I did this type of content, if I did this type of video, it would do really well, but I'm not okay with putting myself out there that much, or I'm not okay with exposing that side of my life, or you know what I mean? Like it's, you do have to kind of touch base with yourself, which can be difficult when there's that carrot dangling in front of you, when you know what the outcome could be. I think of just having a personal Facebook account. The sickening turn that that makes is like if you're ever having a disagreement with the universe in real time, 
people are like, I don't know how to react to that. Well, you don't have to. This is my Facebook. Mm-hmm. Like you don't you don't have to like have a a thought, opinion, or reaction to me saying fucking people in Walmart are pieces of shit or something. You know, <laughs> Costco what I mean? gives me hives. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you're aware of what people are gravitated towards, like I'm, I'm not going to get young. 20 something people <laughs> don't don't take this self-assessment away from me but i'm not attractive and i'm not i'm not in my 20s so mm-hmm. that alone can eliminate a large number of people from watching content it's or interesting listening. that you say that because i'm going to tell you the opposite side of it okay two things i want to say first thing with what we just talked about about that burnout and that having opinions and knowing like wanting to be a human being and a creator I think one of the biggest things is boundaries and understanding like what you're comfortable talking about and what you're comfortable right. giving away. And when I saw that this individual kind of stepped away from their platform and it was epically huge and I was just like, God damn, I wish that this person knew me and I wish I could talk to them just for a minute just to say right. like, take a break, go on a yoga retreat and then come back knowing full well what you're comfortable sharing and shift your content to allow you to still be here and to still make an income. Um right. Damn, I just lost my train of thought for the other thing. Oh, I was going on a tangent. I was going on a tangent. And, <laughs> and I enjoyed it. Took way it. too long. I fucked up the Amanda Muse. No, you? you did it. No. Hold on. It was so good. Uh, oh, wait, and I'm I can, just a I can little sleep deprived. <laughs> I can say this. Hugh Jackman, come on out. Nah. nah. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. The C- okay, I, know, I was like going to say I'm having a senior moment and then it brought it back. Okay, so you were mentioning the younger audience and that feeling like your face is not going to bring people in. The opposite is when you feel like your face is what brings people in. And here's what I love about podcasting. Podcasting is not based on your physical appearance. Right. When you're a video creator, it certainly is. There is an element where I've literally had somebody say to me, I think that you're too pretty. Um, and that's why people don't want to watch your content because they feel intimidated. And I was like, right. I'm sorry, what, pardon? First of all, it's my face. Like, I don't know what you want me to do about it to change it, right? Um, and They don't I, like that you haven't aged since your first video. You <laughs> haven't aged. They might be intimidated. And I was very lush. I was like pregnant nice and I had like... <laughs> they're jealous. Basically. Well, but it's a, it's, it's, it's a thing, man, when you're just like, I have more to me than just what my eyebrows look like. You know what I mean? Like I have an opinion. I can articulate thoughts and I love podcasting for that because that's what it is. It is based on what you're bringing to the table, how your brain Mm. is working, how your brain puts thoughts together. And I really enjoy that you can sit there. Nobody knows you're in your pajamas. Nobody knows that it's like one in the morning. You know what I mean? Um, And you can just talk to people and it is an intimate experience like it feels like the person sitting right beside you having this conversation and they're at maybe a table they wouldn't normally get to sit at and they get to listen and get involved and so I love that about podcasting video content can be very overwhelming I mean from when I first started even my voice is a little different like on videos back in the day because I felt like I felt nervous myself and you, you don't really know how your face moves when you speak and then you learn all of that as you edit yourself over time um right but yeah it's it's definitely like you can look at it from both sides like it's not always the best when everyone's drawn into your looks and I personally have a boundary I've set for myself on what I share on social with my physical appearance because I'm like it's for me it's easy to just stand in a bikini or something and take a picture. Like, I know that sounds 
I'm not trying to boast, it's but you know what a, I'm saying? Like, it's just, I mean, <laughs> until recently, I, I, I didn't know that joy, but you're absolutely right. I, uh, <laughs> I mean, no one's going to see those photos. Of course. <laughs> of me. But it's like, do you know what I mean? Like it's in, for me, yeah. it's, in, it's too easy. And it's like, no, I want to, I see myself as, I'm not just a flash in the pan. I've been at this for seven years. I want to be at it for many, many more. And I see my brand shifting and moving around with what I find important at that phase of life. And I just think that there's more than just that physical part. But I just wanted to touch on that because I think it's a very important thing because I think there's a lot of people that feel overwhelmed to put themselves on video if they're not perfectly made up. You know, if a woman loves to wear makeup, they feel, and I'm like, just go on video. Like, it's fine. You know, there's more to you than just your face. Hey, if you've been enjoying Todd's podcast, consider checking out Describing a Rock with Milo Axelrod. That's me. You can find it wherever you get podcasts. The show is exactly what it sounds like. A short escape from your busy life to slow down and consider a rock. I don't know what it is that I'm thinking, but there there might be that aspect of a YouTuber is kind of like... Are you are you like me? I would never ask the wrong question here, but are you like me in the sense that you remember reaching consciousness and absorbing life and pop culture pre mainstream internet social oh, media yeah. stuff? Okay. Oh yeah. <laughs> Dodge that one. Uh, yeah. No. <laughs> I'm 35, so it's like I remember. I remember like Same pre here. cell phone in a couple days. months. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So 80, 84 babies. Yeah, man. High five. <laughs> Boing. Uh, <laughs> we were born the year that Ghostbusters came out. What, what? Yeah. Okay, so when I was a kid, I don't know how you were like this, but like we all went through that phase of being like little fucking idiots and then like, mm-hmm. hey, who who's Sally and Joe look at me while I'm talking over here? <laughs> like mm-hmm. <laughs> to because oh what I have to give you my attention right now. Mm-hmm. And then and now we have this era where it's like YouTubers and content creators are everyday sauce and it's hard for people to to notice how much better the Amanda Muses are than just like anybody else doing it. But it is commonplace to watch someone. And another thing about podcasts, hours into this diatribe later, I'm getting into my point. (laughs) The difference between podcasting and and YouTubing is that when you're watching something on YouTube, you kind of feel like the person making it in a weird place in your mind can tell if you're not paying a full attention. Mm. Podcasts have been that thing that... You can just have on, not in the case. No, of, I know because it's it's true. Because with they even say like amongst like YouTube people, it's like you lean in, like you're you're invested, you're watching, and you've got a and and that there's strategy behind that. Like how do you keep people's attention? How long are people watching? YouTube is entirely right. based. If you want to speak analytics for a moment, it's all about watch time. How long do people watch your content? For how long? And the longer you can keep people on your channel, the more YouTube will favor your channel. Like that's literally how it works. So I, it's totally right. true. Where like podcasting can be a little bit passive, right? Like it's you can just kind of be. Yeah. I clean my entire house and listen to podcasting like all day, you know. And it's like yeah. I don't have to be do- too attentive, you know. With podcasts, I really like though. Do, do you ever have this where, so, like, life pulls you away, right? Mm-hmm. It, it's natural. It's inevitable. We're in our thirties. Although I, I don't have, 
I wouldn't compare myself to you. You're, you're talking about you started your YouTube channel, but I was also like holding the kid and, and doing this. And I'm thinking when I started my YouTube channel, I was living at home and in college. I had nothing to worry about. And it's the same today. We can't really compare each other. What you it's do is good. amazing. What I do is that thing. And mm-hmm. what was my what was I starting off to say? Um, probably nothing of substance. I know we I were fu- going off on a tangent. Now have I forgotten? Yeah. God, I'm having. I did not sleep enough last night. But you know what? Hours. Here's the thing about the coffeehouse crowd. It's like you said about wanting to do a podcast, and the thing that you love about podcasting to be that thing where the listener is passively hanging out with you. That's the. Mm-hmm. That's basically the explanation I give for anyone who comes on this. Like we're just hanging out at a coffee shop, and it is being recorded. But there will be moments where I stumbled upon you trying to say something, and I will. F- an interview moment went bad. Because not. if you were in a coffee shop, we would be interrupting each other and speaking like normal people because that's what normal people do. And you know, it's interesting that you say how it's like a conversation. And I personally think that a lot of what is rooted in what I do is because I remember feeling lonely at parts and points in my life. Like I've moved mm-hmm. many times and I've lived in different places where I knew no one and you got to start from scratch again and that's really hard. And I think in a time where we feel really connected to people because social media has that illusion, but then you realize, oh, I haven't talked to like a human in like a right. seven days. And I think that this is what I love about podcasting is like you can start conversations and allow people to have new perspectives or hear about something that maybe they never would have heard about in their regular life. You know, I had someone on my podcast, she's um, a medium and she like randomly I had a week where like two mediums popped into my life and that's a story for another day. But it was like, oh my God, we should do a podcast because I don't find it's very easy to collaborate on YouTube. It's just like people just want you and they, they're not very understanding. I don't know. But podcasts, I mean, we had this amazing conversation about intuition and I had several people reach out to me being like, I never would have heard that in my regular life. And that was a really cool conversation. And it was like, yeah, it was, you know, like it's such an interesting platform whether you have a niche, smaller audience or a, a very large audience, like you're still impacting people. And I find my tip for folks that are creating, whether you know you're just starting out or you're thinking about starting out, is like speak to that one person. I feel like that's easier than thinking about speaking to the masses. Like one of the right. best compliments I ever received, my dad is so sweet. He watches all my stuff. Although sometimes if it's like really like involved. He's like, I couldn't watch that one. I'm like, it's fine. You know, like it's about (laughs) labor or like something. Um, but he goes, what's really cool is like, sometimes I forget you're not just speaking to me. And I was like, that's incredible because that's always my goal is like reaching one person, making one person feel less alone. You know, I do notice that about, about your output. I've listened to all the podcasts because I'm more of a podcast listener than a YouTube mm. watcher. But because it requires me being at home, right? Wi-Fi right. being what it is. Yeah, I do notice that you do that. And sometimes I think I'm doing that. But since I don't practice addressing an audience that much in what I do, I don't think of it. Sometimes if, if you're not as specific as you need to be with the terms, the, the listener won't know. Yeah. Like you, I'm not telling you something you don't know. I'm just like thinking out loud. Yeah, the audience won't know that they're the audience or they won't know like what's my role here yeah is it is it just to show my buddy's podcast some support that fucking (laughs) but and that feels nice as a listener so keep doing that you know like if you were doubting yourself about that before just maybe thought about it like it's that feels nice as a listener when you feel like 
you're not just one of a million, you know, like listening, like it's kind of cool. So Mm -hmm. if you ever want to like get in touch with those mediums again, it would be so cool if like you're in shape, right? So you could Mm -hmm. call it two mediums and a small. And then as a hook to let people know just just who's uh, who's on this podcast beside two mediums is and say it's very amusing because I'm sure you've 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 known oh, that yeah. your name is mom. You named me amuse. What the fuck did you think people were going to put two and two? Well, together? you, you want to know a fun fact? That's not even my last name. It's a secret. Oh. I know because when I started YouTube, nobody was using their real names. Right. This was like. Back in the day, people were like Sprinkle of Glitter or like whatever their names were. Um, And I was going to call my channel something else. I had like the word mom in it. And thank God my husband looked at me and he was like, really? Are you only going to talk about mom things? And I was like, no, I have other things I want to talk about. So we (laughs) got rid of that and just came up with Musings of Amanda. And then I was like, oh, Amanda Muse, that works. So yeah, it's like not even my name, which is fun. Although my daughter will call me that in public and I'm like, oh my God, please. It's me. Don't do that. Yeah. She's like, do you know Amanda Muse is here? I'm like, shh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, actually, we do have a table opening up right she here, Ms. Amanda Muse. Yes, yes. Oh, gosh. Seven-year-olds in YouTube. It would be so funny if you were like, um, could you, you know, and then, and then you're like, excuse me, are you sure you don't have any tables open right now? My mom, Amanda Muse, wink. Is, yeah, uh, she's here. We're, now. Yeah, we're all really hungry. <laughs> That's like the celebrity equi- equivalent of like slipping them a fifty or something. Honestly, <laughs> she's like a, a YouTuber. Like, oh god. Mostly when you think of a YouTuber, I feel like you think of a fifteen-year-old. Like, you don't think of like a grown lady. I go to some of these YouTube events and I'm like, I am everyone's mother. Like, it's even though I say that, I'm like, there are creators and there should be more creators who are older because we are reaching a demographic that exists, you know, like mm-hmm. it's where it's a very underserved demographic, the 25 year olds and up. So right. if you ever thought about starting a YouTube channel, I highly recommend it because there's people out there wanting content that serves them, you know? You're going to sound good because you're you and I'm going to sound good because I edit. <laughs> trademark but there's there's plenty of good stuff i sort of wanted to wrap up on a semi more personal note for me that i want your input on yeah yeah i didn't make the note by the way i switched my iced coffee and i've never had the starbucks cold brew before how is it they, they make enough money they don't need this but it's it's actually pretty good nice is, do you have like any sugar in there or is it just i i don't know what their cold brew has i, I said with oh. nothing in it they have cold brew and then they also have iced coffee Amazing. Why Why have one option? Why have two options when the other one ain't that good? But they're iced coffee. If you get it black with no sugar, bitter. Mm, which is, I found that, which I never order iced yeah. coffee because I don't like it. It's just like, ugh, yeah. It's either some kind of shake mix, right? Or it's going to mm-hmm. be maybe what Starbucks gives you, which is it's lackluster without that little bit of sweetener that they put in. And I remember getting it. I'm thirsty. It's a nice ice cold drink. And we're driving out of town to visit family today. And that's what I want. Cause, and I've never had it before, but I trust my instincts. And mm-hmm. I, my, my girlfriend's like post order in the drive through going like, you should probably get that with sweetener. It's like, well, I don't know if I want to ask them at the window, they'll whatever. Mm-hmm. So I, I accepted it. This is one of those times that I was wrong, but I pretended to be enjoying it the <laughs> whole time. Because that's what guys do. and uh, But um, the cold brew, fantastic. Satisfying, wonderful. Amanda, 
one of the videos that I watched of your early stuff mm-hmm. was something that I can actually relate to. My girlfriend just graduated from Teachers College in mm-hmm. Fords, Ontario, and mm-hmm. therefore accepted a wonderful opportunity to teach in uh, none of it for a year. Oh, to be wow. more specific, uh, Joa Haven, which is like the Arctic Circle. Whoa. And I'm excited about I'm excited yeah. about that. What what are some things that you might have learned? Maybe you've already shared it. Post the video talking about moving to Malaysia and being away from people. You you probably had to do that for much longer than six months. Mm. So the tricky part about only going away for six months is that because it's a shorter time, it's harder to make those connections with people when you get there. You know, mm. like it's so. I used to kind of joke, but like when I would meet people in Malaysia and they'd be like, hey, here, I'm Amanda, you know, what's your name, this and that? How long you been here? How long are you staying? Because it was like, what's the investment in this friendship? Like, are you leaving next week? Or are you here for a year? Like, wh- where are we right. in this? Um, I think, you know, you mentioned possibly creating, like putting the podcast on hold. Maybe not. Like, I would say go in there with an idea of some things you want to work on. Like- don't be overly ambitious because you don't, you know, you will experience like the high highs of being, you know, the reunion with the girlfriend. And then it's like, oh my God, I'm actually here. And this is, this is horrible. Cause you just, mm-hmm. you don't know, not that it will be horrible, but you know, like you don't right. know anybody and it's like, where do I want to go? And I, I don't know what the social life is like out there and what that will be like in the winter, you know, like yeah. it's going to be dark, I think like, you know, that kind of stuff. So have a little project for yourself because you don't, want to go to that dark place. Like in the winter months, I can get a little bit like, oh, I need to move my body and leave the house because I just find that seasonal depression's a strong word, but like that stuff, you know, can happen. And it's like, oh God, you know, I need to figure my way out of this. So Mm -hmm. I love that being online and creating forces me to show up for people. You know, I made that commitment. I'll see you on Monday. I'll see you on Thursday. I'll see you on Wednesday, whatever the day is. So having a little project I think is really helpful, but also setting yourself up with realistic expectations about what your relationship will look like when you get there. Because I have found that like when I moved from Toronto to uh, Vancouver and then my boyfriend at the time, my husband now, he left for like five straight weeks and it rained every damn day and I was like this is awful like why am I here yeah. you know and it, and I feel why like are you can, saying why are you talking yeah. in Sarah McLaughlin lyrics yeah and it's like this is awful so yeah. it's um just like be realistic it's gonna be rough right. it's not gonna be all roses and sunshine have things for yourself to do those things could also involve little adventures around there like get to know the place I find that's a big mistake that people do is they don't want to explore where they are right. and they can feel like fearful um yeah. So adventure, if you can, you know, like check it out. There's got to be lots of stuff up there to check out. And yeah, like ma- making it making it familiar changes y- your perspective on where you are because you go to a place and you don't explore it. Your imagination will put you in a worse place than you actually are. Oh, yeah. Naturally. And don't be afraid to meet people like there will likely be other partners out there. And it's like, I guarantee that they're a little lonely, too. You know, and it's like, right. I feel like that changes things. Like I am always like, if I feel lonely, there's other people who feel lonely, too. Mm-hmm. And that's how I make friends. Like when I first moved to the city I'm in, I was at a library. I saw a woman with two kids. I had two kids and I was like, we both look kind of rough. Let's talk. You know, like this is a hard season yeah. of life. And she was my first friend here. And meeting that individual opened up the doors for me to meet all these local people. And that's where you find your dentist and your doctor. And so it's like the same right. kind of pattern everywhere. So, but that's, you know, all of that to say, it's pretty exciting. What a shift. Right. It will be. And you know what? Geographically, 
considering like how close it is to the top. Mm-hmm. Santa. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like all that good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, I don't think the internet is naturally very much there, mm. but it is there. I, I heard it's like 400 a month or something like that to have a basic. And Damn. I don't even know what kind of connection that is. Like, is it strong? Is it 90s dial up or whatever? I don't know. But, you know, I think I can have ideas for sure of like, here's the coffeehouse crowd abroad, just to name a bad idea. Yeah. Documenting your experience. And even if you like upload them later, you know, what would that look like? Because people move all the time and try something new all the time. And you just, it's kind of exciting, right? Like, that's actually one of the reasons I love looking back at my old content, because it's like you can actually see when we said we were going to leave Malaysia to when we came back and bought a house. And that is a journey. Right. Uh, in Canada. And it's like, to be able to actually see it, some of it's quite painful for me to watch because it's like, oh, that was a really hard time. And I don't like to revisit it, but it's interesting to have that documented. And in podcast form, I mean, there's some, you can do some amazing stuff on podcasts with mm-hmm. stories, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, listen, I, um, I'm not going to enjoy any listening to myself on this at all. Uh, <laughs> normally, I got to save the damn thing, you know? Everyone's so... Uh, no, I'm kidding. Uh, everyone's great. And I will go on being a fan of yours. I, I do hope you'll want to do this again. Can you please do me the honor of of letting my listener know where they can find you? Absolutely. First of all, it was a pleasure to be part of this podcast. It's always exciting. And I do wish you all the best with like this big move, man, and your girlfriend. Like, So she's going to be a teacher? Like, Is she in the, in the school system already now? Because I know with yeah. teaching, it's like it's tricky. You got to like get in, and then once you're in... She's doing on-call supply and she she did get um, interviews in like Quebec or other places in Ontario. Yeah. I just know that it's not a good time for teachers and and a lot of people in this province. And that's as political as I get. No, I hear you. My sister-in-law is a teacher. I know lots of teachers. I know it's like so tricky to get in there. So I hear you when it's like you got to move, you got to move. Yeah. But yeah, it'd be kind of neat too to speak like when you get back about like what that experience was like and... Mm. You know, just kind of go through that, even though it's not like expat, it kind of is. Um, yeah. But you can find me on youtube.com forward slash Amanda Muse. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Amanda Muse, Twitter, Facebook, the Sandwich Podcast, if you're a podcast listener. And yeah, it would be great if some of your listeners popped over. I'd love that. Thanks for listening to another episode of The Todd Donald Show. Starring, produced, and edited by Todd Donald. The piano music in the rap is by J.P. Sunga, who you can find at jpsunga.com. The theme music is Machiel Kino by William Chernoff. Find him at chernoff.band. And I'm Milo Axelrod, Todd's favorite bar none human voice. And I'm not bragging, he wrote this. If you'd like to hear more of my voice, check out my podcast, Describing a Rock in which I describe some rocks. You can find it wherever you listen to podcasts. Please support The Todd Donald Show by sharing it with anyone who might enjoy it. Follow and interact with at Todd Donald Show on Twitter and Instagram. And if you feel like going the extra mile on iTunes, please subscribe, rate, and review, preferably in its favor. Have a great day, friends. Friends.